0: Welcome to Project Chatter, the podcast where PPM experts from various sectors talk about the latest trends. Listen to Val and Dale as they talk about tried and tested best practices and share their unfiltered thoughts about the industry. Whether you're here to learn how to progress your career, improve your project control skills, or just want to hear
1: an Aussie and South African rant about projects, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Project Chatter podcast with your hosts, Dale Fung, And Val
0: Matthews. Innate construction software transforms the way owners, contractors, and engineers manage projects and programs. With Innate, you get an integrated project controls platform that solves challenges in every phase of the capital project lifecycle. These are field-tested solutions that give stakeholders the information they need to minimize risk, improve operational efficiency, and control project costs. Innate, transforming the way the world builds. Learn more at innate.com. That's I N E I G H T.com. This podcast is brought to you by Plan Academy. Is your company proactive when it comes to scheduling? Many companies believe project schedules are just the requirements of the contract, but companies looking to gain an advantage strategically
2: manage their project timeline, resources, and budget. Plan Academy helps construction companies improve their project controls through immersive online training courses. At Plan Academy, your team can learn construction, planning and scheduling theory, how to master scheduling software like Primavera P6, and even advanced scheduling techniques. Plan Academy's courses are 100% online and can
0: save your company thousands when compared to costly in-person training. Visit planacademy.com forward slash chatter to download course outlines and talk to a training specialist now. Project Chatter is sponsored by JustDo.com. Justdo.com is a cutting-edge next-gen project management portfolio platform, which doesn't force you into a project structure or hierarchy. Think of it as the Minecraft of project management systems, with integrated task-based chat, Gantt, Kanban, and much more. It's the only 21st century real-time platform available today. In this week's pod, we were joined by Magnus Olsen to discuss career challenges, opportunities, and trends from a student's perspective. Magnus has a background in the science of learning, having been a headmaster for a decade, managing organizations with complex stakeholder context.
1: Magnus has five years experience as a strategic advisor in public management and is now an entrepreneur engaged in multiple startups including his own consultancy firm. Magnus has been a student uh, for the last two years, but he has been taking a life changing experience in. In a Master of Science in Project Management at Karlstad Business School in Sweden. So, Dale, we went through quite a lot of topics today. Uh, what What were the highlights for you, for you? Well, let me fill you in, Martin, because uh, you know you only came
0: halfway through. But uh, we'll let the listeners be the judge of your of your uh, shoddy timekeeping. Nah, so the train delays. We'll blame it on the train delays, not the not the last point you had, right? Um, look, it was an amazing conversation to have with Magnus because as in his own words, you know, he's not the typical student. He's, you know, gone and switched, uh, sort of, you know, when he was almost at the top of his game, so to speak, as a headmaster to something new and different. Um, and, and has completed his masters at the, the, you know, the, the, the ripe age of, you know, late forties, uh, and, and he's saying "This is his birthday next week. So he'll be 50. So happy birthday to him. Um, We kicked the tires on all sorts of things, challenges, opportunities, and trends, and we covered them all, all the bases. He spoke a a lot around mindset, around how that can be a challenge, but also an opportunity if you have the right mindset. He shared some of his tips and tricks around getting the mindset right and how to influence that mindset and finding your tribe um, was something that he spoke about as well. What was it for you, March? I know you sort of came in the second half there, but what are some of the the, the key takeaways for you?
1: Yeah, I agree with what you said about um, he was a very engaging guest. Yeah, you could tell he he had um, he had the charisma that you would associate with someone who'd been a headmaster. Um, I quite enjoyed his comments around sustainable projects and, and project management. He gave us some good tips about networking and, and working in startups, um, and a couple of good quotes there that you, you, you've already done. I, I really like the find your tribe um, at the end. Um, also quite enjoyed some of the higher education trends, what, what he thinks where the industry will go and um, how that will pan out for, for graduates and apprentices. So yeah, definitely worth a listen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, definitely worth a listen. But folks, we're going to leave it there. Keep listening, keep liking, and keep paying it forward. Hello, project people, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Project Chatter podcast. As we always say, it's amazing to have you with us. Another episode, another fantastic guest. As you probably picked up, no on this episode, but that's his loss because we have a fantastic topic to talk about, career challenges, opportunities, and trends, a student's perspective. Um, And we also have Martin who's going to join us slightly late, so we can say lots about him. But our guest today, Magnus Olsen, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. How are you feeling?
3: I'm feeling great, and thank you for having me.
0: It's, uh, yeah, really looking
3: forward to this, this hour or
0: hour and a half. Yeah, absolutely. So am I. So am I. Look, we always love to start with a bit of a baseline up front because we are project professionals, you know, and a good project has got a good baseline. Um, but I'd love to know in terms of a baseline for us, what is your view as where, where are you starting from? Why, why are you a student and why can give, why can you give us a student's perspective? Tell us.
3: Oh, <clears throat> you jump straight to the core, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh i'm i'm probably not the typical student um uh because i I've, I've been studying for all my life really and and uh, reached the the mature age of of 50 next friday so so oh. uh, uh and 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 i would say that i i started in learning uh teaching uh, becoming a headmaster been around that all my life really and after moving away from school, uh, starting to work with strategy in the public sector, I sort of missed some kind of intellectual stimulus and I chose to became a student again, become a student again. So so um, that's basically um, the reason for me studying at this age.
0: Great. And, and, and what is it? You're studying project management, right?
3: yes i did Uh, i started actually working with project management and then i thought that i gotta i gotta know this uh from 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 the base i mean the 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 basics and then uh just just educating myself because i can walk around amongst people uh, running projects and then actually not being a project manager so
0: yeah yeah, no, I I I, I really really admire that. And you know, we we often talk about how you know we have to, as individuals, continuously be learning um, in some way, shape, or form. I think from what I'm hearing from your perspective, yours is just the shape of formalized learning. You know, um, and 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 I love that that you've gone. If I want to be a project manager, let me go and bloody study the stuff so that you know I can actually you know yeah. Actually deliver it from a place that's informed and you know that's qualified. So I love that perspective as well. So we're going to be talking about career challenges, opportunities, and trends. So three meaty areas to dive into. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the challenges because I've been speaking quite recently to um, some, some students in the UK, some actually actually some master's students, project management master students. And the one of the key questions is where do I start? Because I'm finding it challenging on what is my route into the profession. Yeah. And I wonder if we could start there. What are some of the challenges that, you know, you're finding and maybe some of your peers that you've spoken to have found um, where, wherever you are in your career and stage of life um, is, 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 is all the challenges the same? And I know you've spoken to people from around the world as well when mm-hmm. in your studies, it's not just you're based in Sweden, which is fantastic. And we can have another, another accent on the podcast, which we love, but yeah. it's not just a Swedish perspective. You're bringing us tonight. It's actually a global perspective because you've had that international interaction.
3: Yeah. And <clears throat> I would say that, that where to start it, it, it it starts with yourself. I think that instead of looking at it as a a challenge, you you could actually look at at it from the opportunities perspective. And and I met students that um, didn't really know why they studied project management or uh, students that said, well, it was nice to have project management as a competency on my CV. So it's like some students, they're not really there because they have this as their passion uh it's 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 just another another thing on the cv and 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 if you are there then i think it's challenging because how how are you then going to break into the industry and 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 find that thing that you love um so so uh, i would say that that is 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 a good place to start think think through thoroughly why why did i choose to study project management
0: yeah, I love that. Um, you know, I think Simon Sinek is famous for you know start with why. Yeah, and if and if we start there, what is your why? If you don't mind me asking.
3: Uh, <clears throat> as I said, I I I was one of these. Um, I became a, a project manager by accident, in a way, moving into uh, working for a strategy department that were starting to uh, run a program on uh, digitalization and financial streamlining. And uh, the organization didn't know much about running projects really. Uh, So it was really immature. Uh, And then uh, fast learner uh, working in in, in school and as a headmaster and and doing uh, that for all my life, I thought, okay, I better learn this fast to contribute. And that was sort of the the way into it and 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 the reason for choosing it really and then i have to add that that choice was one of the best i've ever done in my life because it it was life altering at the at the stage in my life that i was because it opened up um a whole new world of possibilities um and that is why you can hear that i lean much more towards the possibilities than the challenges <laughs> <laughs> so you better bring me back if you want to talk about them <laughs> yeah. no
0: that's that, that that's fantastic and yeah we will, will absolutely get into the sort of the more positive mm. side of things and the opportunities and absolutely the trends as well that are out there but i find mm. it fascinating that you were almost or, or you were at the top of your game you were the headmaster right in, mm. in many senses, the pinnacle for for a teacher, I, I guess. Um, and you decided, well, actually, I want to go and be a student again. Um, and yes. what was that leap like? Sort of going from, well, I'm 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 at the top now of my my game mm. profession, to all of a sudden actually, you know, reinventing yourself in a way. I, I don't want to call it restarting because it's not really restarting. No. It, it, it's reinventing yourself, I would, I would say.
3: Yeah, and <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat down a little bit on, on, on school and the school system right now. Uh, because after, after spending about 20 years in, in school, 10 as a teacher and 10 as a headmaster, um, you sort of realize that it is kind of a closed world. It is one of the institutions in society that is is the the most difficult to change, really. Um, and and um, so the leap was was sort of to 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 get new perspectives. I was uh, I can I can honestly say that I was finished uh, with 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 uh, working in education, uh, but not finished in receiving education or educating myself and and um yeah so so uh, and it opened up so many new perspectives and as i said working with the strategy that went across all sectors instead of staying in one sector that is also something that i think that every human being needs to experience because we have too many people thinking only about their field only about their sector and the world is getting so complex that we need to be get better at actually speaking to each other, collaborating, running projects. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know. And it, it brings me back to some of our previous guests where we talk about having T-shaped skill sets where yeah. you've got the breadth and the depth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fusion skills is another topic we've spoken about on the podcast before. Um, and you know, we certainly kick the ties around. I guess the UK and Australia and, and South African schooling systems, where, you know, you go from one classroom to the next, but you don't actually, as a as a student growing up in your formative years, make the link. So you might go from mathematics class to geography or biology, mm. and you're compartmentalizing that in your mm. head. And actually, if you brought those all together, well, wow, actually mixing those skills wouldn't that be a better outcome Mm. and actually then if you bring that into the project management space that's what we actually do you actually bring all of those skills together because uh, you know if you want to stay an engineer fantastic stay in your lane be the best engineer you want to be and a subject matter expert don't become a project manager but if you want to diversify if you if you want to become a project manager you have to have these various skill sets how to deal with people how to understand mm-hmm. the technical side of things, absolutely. understanding budgets, skill sets, looking mm-hmm. after people, well-being, psychological safety, how to communicate, mm-hmm. all these various aspects. So I find that absolutely fascinating, Bring it back to, I guess, our base as, as schooling structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving from that then into, I guess, the, the university side of things. That I mean, in, in, in my experience, that's sort of more free form. That's up to you, how you, you, you go about studying. Mm-hmm. And that's really a, a, a personal thing. But there's probably an argument to say, well, certainly from my perspective, that school doesn't prepare you for university because you're almost mm-hmm. spoon fed at school and then you go to university and it's up to yourself. And so we don't actually give ourselves the right tools to be able to do that. And then leading into jobs becomes even more uh, challenging and difficult if we don't pick those skills up. Having said that, we would do want to move into, I guess, the opportunity space as well. So how do you take, I guess, the education piece, the the drive to want to learn more? You've now upskilled yourself. You've identified these various challenges. How do you then turn around, identify the opportunities? What are there, what are the tips and the tricks and some of the things you found and spoken to your peers about that the listeners can go, oh, that's a great idea. I need to look there, or I need to do this. Is there anything you can share in terms of opportunities, how to identify them, how to take them, anything?
3: I'm thinking that, that, that one, once again, it, it starts inside of you. Uh, do you sit uh, at the university thinking that you're going through middle school and that the education will do the same thing to you if that is what you're expecting, I think you're you're in for a surprise because exactly as you said, it is much more up to you what you make out of it. And in the study group um, uh, I was taking part in in, in at, at Karlstad Business School, uh, one of our teachers used uh, the terminology above and beyond, and we grabbed that right away. We loved that. So that sort of became the slogan then. In everything we 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 did, we tried to go above and beyond. And, and um, I think that was like setting, giving us a new mindset that whatever opportunity that presents itself, you have the choice. Either you take it or it is actually lost. You will not be able to backtrack to it. So uh, I think the mindset is, is extremely important to be able to 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 grab the opportunities that are out there and and another perspective on it is that nowadays we we actually have um the world at our feet in a sense with the connectivity all over the globe uh, i mean we are not we are not um let, let's let say back in the 60s you became a project manager for an engineering firm you worked for that firm for a, probably a long time maybe you went to a competitor and, and, and so on today you can actually go from one industry to the other and as a project manager you're much more a uh, generalist because you are good at managing stuff leading people as you said as the as the most important uh, skill. Uh, So, so, uh, I think that being open, uh, that that is, and working with your own mindset, self-reflect, what do I love? And trying to find a match. I've I've interviewed some highly experienced project managers uh, doing my thesis and almost all of them say that um, find your passion. You can't do this job if you don't like what you do. Um, And, and, uh, and someone else said that uh, when I stopped making a difference between the personal me and the professional me, that was when it clicked. That was what, what did it. So um i think that working with your mindset and your self-reflection
0: is is uh, key wow so you mentioned a lot of things there that i want to get into but let's start with mindset because you've you've just you know you've, you've ended there so for for those that are listening and going okay mindset how do i understand mindset how do i change mindset how do i influence my mindset Mm. what are the tricks and and tips there I know you've said you've spoken to a lot of people it sounds like it's around you know getting the right advice it sounds like it's coaching and mentoring I don't want to lead lead the witness too much here (laughs) Um, it sounds like reading the right materials but then again how do I know if the people or the books that I'm reading you know and the people I'm interacting with how do I know that they are the right people in the the right literature, et cetera. Um, what are the tips and tricks around mindset, getting that right? Um, maybe, maybe
3: go, going through your life. I think you, you, you run into people that you feel, uh, you, you, you connect especially well with you, you share values, you, you have fun. Um, and you sort of feel that connection. And some, some people talk about that you, you find your tribe. And, and <clears throat> in, in, after my education or, or in my education, I, I, I found uh, some, some people uh, through one of my teachers. Uh, and we actually started then, or we joined an initiative that they had taken that they kept on seeing each other on a weekly basis. Just supporting each other, working with self-development, talking about stuff, uh, and 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 sharing, trying to influence each other, and that builds the positive energies really. And this this uh, ikigai group, as we call ourselves, uh, since we use that as a, as a personal development tool, uh, I think that is one tip. Try to find your tribe. Try to find the people that you get energy from uh, because that, that that will slowly affect your mindset into uh, as one of the interviewees in my thesis said uh, i'm an incurable optimist everywhere i go i see opportunities and i ask myself how do i solve this where is the solution and 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 i think it's about going on that journey Spending time with the right people that take you closer to that um, picture,
0: uh, future picture of yourself. Really, I love that. I love that. We humans are social animals, right? We want to belong. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you've gone straight in there, find your tribe, find your belonging before you before you think about mindset find your belonging and then you got the right people around and then you can work on your mindset so um and it's really straightforward really um, because everyone can find somewhere to belong um if you know we just have to to look hard enough so moving on then you mentioned that project managers are generalists and i would tend to agree with you in most cases Mm -hmm. however playing devil's advocates i recently saw a post um and Whoever it is, forgive me, I forgot who posted us on LinkedIn. But the notion that we should perhaps start thinking that we need to use project managers as specialists, right? And this is sort of borrowing, I guess, from sports where, you know, you need a specific type of player for the specific type of opposition, because they have a certain type of experience Skill set that will deliver the best. Um, what do you say to that? That actually, you know, we, we shouldn't be generalists as project managers, but actually, we should have someone that's really good at winning a bid as a project manager, someone that's really good at setting the project up as the project manager, someone that's really good at executing during the middle phases, and someone that's really great at closing. Or yeah. someone that's really great at commercials, or, or, or contract administration as a project manager. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you say to kind of that almost counter argument?
3: It's 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 really interesting, and, and 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 we could talk for hours about this, and, and it sort of brings you into these uh, new 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 notions about um, shared leadership uh, and, and 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 how to actually empower people to lead. Because they are good at something, and I think that when when I say that a project manager is is a generalist, um, it's it's not. I think that you need to be good at actually empowering people to be the best that they are, and to use that for the team. Then, so so, um, uh, when when you talk about specialist skills, someone. Uh, someone is good at this, someone is good at this, yes, but still, you you can't have eight project managers, maybe, but you can have eight people that lead separate things, but I still think that you, as a project manager, need to be the generalist that, that can actually move into any environment and deliver good, um, yeah, I would say people skills. You can get these people to First of all, want to take the leading role, want to contribute, feel good when they do it and 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 not sort of um, push people over the edge reaching the results. because that is also a perspective that 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 is very important when 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 talking about uh, leading the
1: project yeah how do, you, no. um,
3: how do you how do you leave the people? when the project is finished, that is just as important
0: as at in what state they are when you when you start it. You know, you make some very, very good points. And I think this comes back to what you mentioned earlier around, you know, having the right makeup in your team. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost if if you do have a team that is perhaps particularly strong in one area, then the project manager has to potentially be strong in the others to compensate, potentially. But if you have a really strong team across the board, then the generalist project manager, you know, to complement that makeup, it's all about the makeup for me mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. whether it's a specialist or generalist project manager, if that makes sense. Is what yeah. does the team look like? Are we covering all of our bases with the team rather than. So. Just the project manager, or just the engineer, or just the project controller.
3: Yeah, and and I'm 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 thinking about um. I wrote my I wrote my thesis on on the subject of political astuteness. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think also that this is something that is is uh, there's a growing need for project managers to be politically astute. Uh, because. As the world gets more complex, and as we move towards a more dire need of, of actually uh, delivering sustainability or uh, regeneralization, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's um, the navigation between power centers, politicians, interest groups that becomes much more important uh, for the project manager to be able to do uh so 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 um and and that is what i see as a generalist skill that you need no matter what project you're in you need to be able to navigate this and that was why i got so interested in this topic as well having made the experience myself that you enter a a project as a project manager and you sort of get betrayed or you get promised things and they never materialize. And uh, a lot of people don't want the project to succeed. And you you have this kind of treacherous environment that you have to navigate, right? And to be able to do that, I think that is a much more important skill for a project manager. And I think that if we can, make or, or, or have, have project managers enhance their skills in this, I believe that we would see more successful projects uh, than if we put the best engineer as a project manager or the best IT guy as the project manager. That is my firm belief.
0: I'm certainly with you there because historically, I, I think a lot of project managers or leaders or managers in general, were put there because they were the subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. But if you actually asked them, they didn't want to manage people, they wanted to be the subject matter expert, the technical expert. Yeah. And so we end up with people in the wrong jobs, not because of anything else, then that was the natural path. I think that's changing today, as you're alluding to. Um, yeah. But bringing it back, you stole my question. The answer to my question. I was going to say to you, what 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 did you do your thesis on? And then you went and you answered it before I asked it. So political astuteness, and you went into it a little bit there. I wonder if we can explore that a little bit more. I think you, I think you gave us kind of you know why you went into choosing political astuteness because of your own experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm more intrigued about how you went about bringing it all together how you selected those you interviewed why you selected them what was the uh the range of various i guess experience levels uh perhaps even leadership levels or 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 or, or less experience perhaps even maybe if you interviewed those types of you mm. know people um what was the the range of different types of people you, you, I guess, spoke to? And then what conclusions did you come to in the end from political astuteness? And what, I mean, mean, from the sounds of it, it's like, well, I think you said it actually, you know, project managers need to have this, but how do we get it as project Mm -hmm. managers? Uh. Um, And what does it look like? What does good look like? yeah so
3: it's um as i said the, the the my own experiences brought me into it and 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 then also uh it it was because we brought on a guest lecturer at costa business school uh, uh and that is gene hartley uh, that has been uh, researching political astuteness in in uh, civil servants uh, so uh, that made me interested. Uh, her lecture, reading her her work, and and then I I, I researched my own context, project management, then. Um, and then uh, what what political as students consists of really, and what we what what, what I concluded in my work is that um, there might be a, a difference between. Uh, a political astute project manager, because that is a lot about all the cognitive skills we use and and, and logical reasoning and everything like that. Uh, And that is an absolute need. You absolutely need to develop that. And it is mostly done by experience, often painful ones. (laughs) The painful ones are the ones you learn most from, right? Uh, unfortunately yes yeah and and everybody has them and and my motivation was a little bit to maybe be able to reduce the number of painful experiences like could could you could you hijack getting experience and that was also the reason for for um interviewing very experienced uh project managers so i only had one inclusion criteria really and that was at least 10 years of project management. Uh, And and I I had people that have been working in the industry for 25 years uh, from four different continents, uh, working all kinds of industries, really showing that as a project manager, you are a generalist. And uh, it was so fascinating to do the interviews and hear the stories, everything from um, overt bribing to uh, backstabbing from colleagues or highly political games uh, where uh, a project starts as um, there was one 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 special story that struck me that that the first they heard about the project was when the politician actually exclaimed it in in the parliament (laughs) we're going to do this and then it was like, okay, everybody hustle. How are we going to do this? And I guess you have examples uh, like that all over the world. So, um, so everything from handling state politics to internal team politics. And, and I got a very rich picture from these, uh, these uh, experienced uh, project managers. I, I interviewed them. And the conclusions, Um, as I said, I think that uh, political astuteness and and developing your your political skill is a definite need. Uh, uh, And and the more complex the world gets, uh, the more we need to be able to navigate this treacherous world. Um, But then I also stumbled across a lot of... um, Uh, quotes like um, well um, smelling I smelled it I sensed it I read it so there was something there that these project managers did that they could not really put into words and I tried and I tried to probe it but um, and this caught my interest and I think that is Actually, one of the the most interesting findings in the thesis that there's something about not only being logical, not only using your your cognitive skills, but if you want to become a really good project manager, welcome to the show, Martin. (laughs) If you want to become a really good project manager, you, you actually need to learn how to use your entire body all the intelligences, you need to use your brain, you need to use the heart and you need to use the gut. Yeah. Uh, so that was was uh, to me the most interesting conclusion that that, that is something to, to uh, look further into.
0: That's fascinating because um, yeah, the brain, the heart and the gut, often we talk about hearts and minds and we forget about the gut. Mm-hmm. And you're quite right, you know, some of the, the, the best project managers I've worked with, the project directors and project controls folk, it's, it just feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 yeah.
3: and one, one, one specific thing was that I also got a lot of answers that, uh, well, people tweak numbers and pe- pe- people change data to fit their purpose to get a decision going their way so if you only use your brain and your logic and you look at the data and the numbers you are going to be tricked right so you have to have that gut sense that ah this data doesn't look really right or i don't feel that this is the correct numbers or there's something here so that sort of visualized the need for developing that skill and that the really great project managers, they, they don't just use the logic. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about uh, getting AI support and stuff like that. I think that will definitely get us part of the way, but I also have a firm belief that uh, we as humans, if we learn to use all three of our intelligence is really that uh,
0: will bring you even further as a project manager that's a great point because we are seeing a big movement to data AI you know or all, 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 all pointing towards you know data science data analytics what is the data telling us what is the single source of truth and it's a fine line isn't it because it's when do you make the call to trust your head versus your heart versus mm. your gut? Mm. And back to your earlier points is that's all around experience and knowing, and you're going to make mistakes along the way. Um, because as one of our previous guests, Mr. Paul Gu just said, you know, garbage in gospel out. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that is so true because if you mm. see data and you believe that it is true in a single source of truth, then you go by that. Yet what's gone in is garbage and you mm. believe it. Well, guess what? You're making decisions based on really shaky foundations. Mm. And yes, you're right. I've, I've, I've worked with you know, some really good project directors that just go, the data just doesn't feel right. Mm. Um, and, we,
3: and, when, and when it comes to AI and machine learning and, and all this technology, it can absolutely help us, but we have to be very aware what it can help us with and uh, so so that we don't so that we use it in the right way yeah and 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 uh, i know you mentioned curiosity before we started the recording here today and i think that is one, one, one of the things also that uh ai cannot give us and we we are by far the most creative uh entities on this world and there's also the courage so these three Cs that people talk about that AI cannot replicate. So being curious, creative, and having the courage to sometimes actually move against the data because it just feels right. I think those are, are, are important things to,
2: to, to look at.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Project Shadow is sponsored by ProSci. Why are some projects more successful than others? Even the best solutions fall short when we fail to support the people who must use them in their daily work.
0: Change is not an event, it's a journey. Change management is about helping people through their journeys and breaking down barriers so projects can achieve successful outcomes.
2: As the globally recognized leader in change management solutions, ProSci has helped thousands of organizations improve project ROI, and build change ready cultures. Want to learn how change management works? Visit
0: proside.com forward slash project chatter to get your free change management for project managers resource kit. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I totally agree with you. Look, before we move on to the the, the trends section, you mm-hmm. said it while you were chatting there. Welcome, Mr. Martin Carriston, finally joining us there after a few bevies. How
1: are you doing? sorry I'm late Dale that's uh yeah one extra fight and a load of train delays sorry <laughs> we um, won't hold um, it against you
0: yeah <laughs> no look we've been having a lot of fun in your absence you've got all the actions Martin from this meeting so I'll hand them to you at the end of Standard. the recording <laughs> no it's great to have you join us Martin um We've covered a lot of ground. We've spoken about the challenges, the opportunities in careers. We've spoken about your thesis, Magnus, but it's time to head into the trends, I think, because one thing that we struggle with, I think, when it comes to career is where is the profession moving? And no one truly has the crystal ball. We kind of dip the toe in the water there a little bit around data and how data is shaping a bit of the profession. You've obviously brought in the counter argument that it can't be totally data, that we have to have the human aspect of gut feel and heart, um, as well as the mind and the logic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've certainly spoken around with previous guests as well, that whilst the data can give you the raw hard facts for a lot of it, it can't always provide you the context. And that's what you're talking about as well, around the, you know, the three C's as well as well as the courage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and some of the other attributes that AI can't give us. But just from your studies, what are some of the trends that you're seeing that those coming into the profession can use to sort of forge their career as they're entering, as they're starting in this career of project management, or even perhaps those that have been in the profession for a few years and feel a bit stale and go, I just feel like I've lost my why. I've I've, I've lost my... My mojo as a project mm-hmm. manager. Mm-hmm. What are the trends to get people excited about? How's the profession evolving? Well, <clears throat> I would say that
3: uh, I, I I hope that it's evolving a little bit. From um, one of the challenges that I noted down before is that a lot of the a lot of the project management work is is short term. You live in short term contracts. You 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 move in a high pace and and today the world maybe more than ever yes we need quick solutions but not quick fixes right we need solid solutions and we need to deliver them fast so i hope that that also means that maybe you you move from that short term trend into actually having a longer duration of hiring people uh, creating more sustainable solutions because i think that if you want to create sustainable solutions you also have to give project manager uh, managers sustainable working conditions and safety um so, so so i hope that that is a trend that we're seeing especially with the projectification uh, that we do more and more projects all over the world really um and then the complexity as i was talking about i think that this um looking looking into uh, politics and political astuteness, which is uh, made out of really people skills. And, and if you want to forge your career, you need, to, you need to become a people person before you become a technical project manager, or, or not before, but, but you have to have your weight on that. Uh, and really, really be that people person and develop those skills consciously. As I said, self-reflection, I think that is the greatest tool uh, ever that you can use as a project manager. And um, someone said, like, before you can lead someone else, you need to learn how to lead yourself. And that is also... um, relatable then into what you're saying to forge your career yeah lead, lead yourself be, be aware of things um so uh, i guess that maybe that is a trend that you need to move away from being the it expert and actually moving into being more of a generalist people skilled person
1: i think that is a trend we're seeing do you think that's something that will is being taught in universities now or or will be taught in universities when people are studying project management or whatever technical degree do you think that will be a trend or
3: you really you really make a smashing entrance martin because that was a great question i love that question uh it's it's uh I think that one trend that we're seeing uh, and that is based on my own experience from, from Costa business school. Uh, but I've also looked uh, at some other universities in Boston and the, there are universities in some places in the world that, that they actually move into delivering. Uh, I, I've expressed it like they're, they're going live with their education. And, and that sort of ties into the political astuteness as well, that, if you have students spending all of your time in the classroom, uh, they don't get any real experience, right? But when you start to educate them and you start using simulations, you start using role play, but then if you also bring them out into the real world, delivering in the real world, actually doing live projects within their, their education, then you can in a maybe slightly more safe way let them have their first painful experiences without too dire consequences Um, so i think that is a trend we're seeing that that higher education uh, moves to uh, becoming more practical more in touch with the real world um, rather than spending time in the classroom
0: it's 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 great points you raise there, and you're right, uh, Magnus. Martin does make a smashing entrance. It's why he's called Machine Gun Martin, and everyone asks us why we call him that. It's just you know comes in and yeah. shoots from the hip, which is great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just wondering while you're talking there, and I know we sort of going down a rabbit hole here of education, universities. We spoke previously about mm. you know schooling systems and 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 that. <laughs> Do we risk um qualifying people um with stale or or soon to be stale qualifications with the 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 increased nature of how things are changing and you know we we get to a point you got this qualification then you've got your bachelor's and then you've got Mm. your master's etc and this is coming from someone that has Done those things. Mm. I then wonder, well, what I studied just a year ago, has that now evolved and changed? It? Is it still relevant? Yeah. And just because I've previously completed a master's, does that still make me relevant today? Mm. I just want to challenge that a bit. Our system that we set up to go, yeah. yeah, you've got a master's now. So it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're great, put you on the pedestal. But yeah. actually, what you learned yeah. is no longer relevant.
3: No. <laughs> and i and i and i love that question as well because it's it's you see that all over the um, yeah linkedin and social media that i have done this i have done that and there are just certifications flying all over the place and, and 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 how do you actually validate that the person can do what they say they're they're capable of and i think that that going live then is one one way of doing it and I'm not the typical student uh, going into studying a master's at the age of 48 and now being 50. Uh, and I think that maybe I'm, I'm more the future student because I think that we will have to actually educate ourselves at different points in time uh, in the future and educating ourselves throughout our lives to fit the needs. Uh, actually, and to develop our competences, because, uh, as you say, a master's, yeah, maybe that gives you some, some um, credentials and you can do some things, but then maybe in, in, in five years, you will have to need to build on it. And that's why I think that those who are looking at shaping the future university studies They're they're talking about moving from two year uh, part time programs uh, into creating smaller modules where you study for a shorter period of time, something specific, and then you can build these into maybe you don't even have to end up having a master's degree. Maybe it's just being to be comprised out of modules that you have done. Uh, so, so, so uh, and that is probably a trend that has been sparked a little bit by uh, all of these uh, online possibilities of studies. You get badges, you get this, uh, and then if that is the way to go or not, well, I guess we'll have to see. But I think that that is a need in the future because people in my situation uh, later in their career we sort of need to switch careers sometimes and we need to learn new things to be relevant to, to the, to the society really.
1: Are there certain countries or certain universities that are doing this already? So offering shorter degrees and kind of smaller modules to, to their students.
3: That I'm not, I'm not really sure about that. Uh, I know that there has been, 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 um, uh, talks about it or, or ideas about it in in uh, Costa Business School where I've been studying that is where I've, I've heard it and, and and I know that it's an it's an idea that exists but I don't know if anyone has has followed through with it in that in that sense Like we said before Dale that that school and also university is one of the most difficult institutions in society to change so so I don't think we're gonna we're gonna see. Radical change
0: soon, though. So yeah, well, I'd like to think that if you know schools and universities and universities are part of you know the the the, the t- typical economics of demand and supply, if we create enough demand, maybe they'll change their supply. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 it's actually uh, I have
3: to boast the Business School a little bit then. Um, Because they have a great saying that um, no knowledge, knowledge isn't worth anything if you don't know how to use it. And they want to reach uh, like have students create societal impact. And I think that says a lot, that it's not about uh, getting your degree or your diploma or your master's. It's, It's not about that. It's actually about using it when you when when you get out there, or maybe even when you are taking the program. And that is my experience that when we when we studied uh, in my study group, we we, as I said before, we, we went above and beyond. And we got the opportunity through one of our, our guest lecturers then to to support a cause. Uh, it's it's called Figs Friends of Ibas Girls School, and it's a foundation supporting a girls' school in Sudan. So she dedicated her lecture to that cause, and we we sort of grasped that moment, and we we build on that, uh, and and actually through that we financed the schooling for one girl for a year uh, while we were uh, doing our education sort of proving that you're not just a student you are actually a human being in this world first and you can affect it while taking your studies you don't have to wait to be done having your degree go to work right away and affect the world positively with what you do Um, so that is also a, a tip to forge your career believe that you can affect the world to be be a better place go and do it right now
0: wow very very powerful words there magnus i had another thought that i want to put on the table and see see your thoughts on this if we're kind of saying well let's if we're saying that degrees and you know master's degrees and all these sort of qualifications are marketing right and we move to i guess Perhaps your more Amazon model of where it's all about the reviews of people that have tested and tried it, and you know you've mm-hmm. got a rating systems. So you typically want to look for something that's got you know close to five star mm-hmm. rating. It's got hundreds, of, if not thousands, of reviews from people. Can we then treat people like that? Can we say right, we've got lots of reviews from people that have worked with this person. They've then rated them as well, and that's in the public domain. So you know what you're getting from people that have experience working with this person
3: i don't know what the what the gdpr <laughs> people would would say about I that i knew but, you were going to say but, that <laughs> but actually one one of the most interesting interviews for my thesis the the uh, project manager i talked to there he, he said that um, all his work all his engagements and, and contracts came through the word of mouth and that is also something that is important when when forging your career then you have to walk the talk like you can't you can't just play around as a project manager because people will not hire you they will not recommend you to the next job you will not get the next opportunity Uh, and that and it was really interesting and relates to what you are saying about reviews. I think we already have that. it's just not out on the social media yet <laughs> <laughs> so and if we'll get there I don't know but but I think that is um, that is actually how the industry is working uh, that you you sort of prove yourself you, you 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 deliver and then people get interested and I also think that uh one, one of them, since I'm a teacher in my background, and I've been around learning and knowledge management for all of my life, I believe that what we really need to look for and what companies look for is it pe- people that can learn. I think that is the most central thing actually, because yes, you have a backpack, you bring something to the table, But the thing is, often we face the unknown and we face a context that we know very little about because we bring in people that maybe we've never worked with. We have a power place in the uh, halls and corridors that we know nothing about. So we're constantly facing the unknown. And how do you prepare for that? Someone called it the the Star Trek principle, I think I've heard. How do you prepare to face the unknown as a project manager? Well, I think that I believe that you need to make sure that you yourself is in some kind of balance. uh, So that you're able to actually take in all the signals that you receive. And you need to be a fast learner. And be able to then use the signals, learn, and then handle the situation in the best possible way. And if you're stressed, if you're overworked, if you're um, mentally not uh, in, in, in balance, I think that you do um, uh, a le- less of a good job interpreting all the signals and actually
0: handling the situations yeah no great great points and and just as you touch back on people you interviewed it got me thinking did you see any themes or trends on different industries from the people that you interviewed from where they came so were were certain industries better geared and set up for entry into the profession than others that some industries have different challenges Mm -hmm. to others I just wonder if you if you had any idea of industry comparison as you went about interviewing people from those industries.
3: Not not really. I I had project managers that had been working in 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 almost every industry you could think of because they, as I said, were generalists and they've been moving from industry to industry. Mm-hmm. But what was also a very relevant finding was that um culture plays part and not only geographical culture or 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 or, but 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 also company culture of course so 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 that was a very important thing and and um it was also said that when you deliver uh, no when you develop experience the more diverse and the more complex environment you work in, the faster you develop your experience, right? So most of the project managers said that if you work in a cross-cultural project, traveling between countries, uh, working in in big complex projects where you have uh, different sectors uh, contributing, this will develop your experience tremendously and much faster than if you work in just one sector. So that is also maybe a tip for someone who wants to forge a career then. Don't, don't stay in one industry. Don't, 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 uh, unless you really love it. <laughs> I mean, if, if you have found your tribe and if you really love the situation, but if you're, if you're there to, to actually develop yourself as a project manager, Try to get different experiences. Move around a little uh, because that that will develop you tremendously.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you've heard it, Martin. Move around a little. Um, But you have moved from your delayed train to to the Project Chatter podcast. So let's bring you in, Mr. Carson, because you've been fairly quiet there. Um, What do you have for our guest, Mr. Magnus Olsen?
1: you put me on the spot there now, Dale. Yeah. Um yeah, I was quite interested in in some of the trends and and maybe um we, we were chatting a little bit after the pod last night, Dale, about um people coming from university into the workplace and the types of assessments that they're having to do. How do workplaces find the best students? And and sometimes it's um the people who are the, the most talkative on the day during assessment centers. Mm. What what would be your experience of, of this magnus um how do you how do is a are there graduate programs in in sweden how do companies find the right students who who are the best fit for their company rather than those who mm. who may may be the loudest on an assessment day
3: yeah we <clears throat> we have we have that type of programs uh, in sweden as well uh, one one example is, is is called higher ambition program where you where you study and, and you actually get to get hired by a company part-time while studying. Uh, so that is one one way into it, I guess. And then, and then I think the trends around this is is the the drive uh, for having a higher purpose is really important today. And and the companies are maybe looking for people that that do have that. Uh, because if you work with something where you feel a higher purpose, you of course you deliver and you have intrinsic motivation. And this was also visible in the in the interviews I did in my thesis that this is an important point. Um, and then I have experience of of, of um, uh, having had chances of positions and being passed on for. To me no obvious reasons really and i guess that that is something that we partly just need to need to live with it's never going to be totally fair who gets a job and who doesn't but we of course we have to strive to have it as fair as possible but the networking for a project manager is extremely important because the the bigger you grow your network, of course, the more opportunities you will have. And that was also in the thesis uh, interviews for the thesis that you need to grow your network, but you also have to take care of it. Um, and, And not just going for volume necessarily, but actually take care of your network because you learn from your network, you get opportunities, you build trust in your network and so on. So,
1: so that is also important, I think, for, for, especially important for a project manager. For someone who's new to the industry, how, what would you recommend to someone building their industry, building their network. Sorry. So obviously when you're at university, you'll, you'll have your friends yeah. and, and colleagues when you, you know, you may do an internship at some point, you'll, you'll get some colleagues. How, what would you recommend, um, for people going about building their network? Well, for, for me the network was was
3: built mainly around linkedin uh, and 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 starting with with the people I had close the people i studied with um, the teachers uh, and then and then always be on your toes when it comes to networking do reach out don't be don't be shy <laughs> uh because i i've actually never come across someone who has rejected my reach out uh most people uh as you said they were social creatures like most people like when they get reach outs right so so don't be shy and you never know what a connection is going to bring and i i have a great story if we have two minutes for that Uh, Last summer, I, 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 I made a reach out because we were uh, studying risk management. And I saw this uh, girl posting on LinkedIn that she was working with risk analysis in the industry. And I thought, hmm, risk management in project management, risk analysis in industry. Could we learn something from each other? So I made a reach out. And we started talking had a digital coffee and and exchanged some ideas really interesting what i didn't know then was that six months later uh, after a few meetings um, she asked me to join her startup company so what started as a reach out to try to learn something ended up becoming a real chance for me so i'm, I'm now part of Uh, deity safety solutions working on a digital solution for the industry and um, am a co-founder and that has also uh, made me realize that one part of society that really needs project managers that is the startup industry and the entrepreneurial world because most often the people that hatch the best ideas they are in their ideas they know their industry but they're not necessarily that good of spending their time on the right things to get this ball rolling so i would say that many startups are in need of partnering up with a project manager who can focus the energy where it matters the most and structure that startup uh, journey that you're on and that is one example of, of, of how something starts as a simple reach out and it ends up being a real opportunity so don't be shy do reach outs even if you don't really understand or have a clear idea of what it will bring because it will bring you something
0: Yeah, it's an it's interesting point that you bring up there, Magnus, because it's, it's I'm working, one of the clients I work with now is a, is a startup as well. And, you know, I think we, we were chatting before we hit record around, you mm. know, um, an episode we had before with a guest, Antonio Nieto Rodriguez, about how we're moving into this, you know, project economy, really. And mm. we just don't have, you know, well, we do have enough people, we just don't have enough experienced and skilled people yet if that makes sense and Mm -hmm. so we're trying to catch up with the demand I think um but it's interesting you mentioned startups because we haven't really gone into well you know what does the project management in a startup look like well I don't think it's anything different to what a large established organization's project management should look Mm -hmm. like it's just perhaps a bit more scaled down um Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting point there, but I mean, look, you know, we've, we've uh, spent the, the, the best part of, of over an hour with you and uh, we know it's late, so we don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, but before we do let you go, and we'd love to have you back because I, I agree with you, we can talk to you for hours and hours on, on all these various topics. We do have some features at the end and, you know, thankfully Martin's train wasn't too late and he's made it back just in time for the features. So Martin, if you would, please, Machine Gun Martin, take Mr. Magnus Olsen through his
1: paces. Brilliant. Thanks for your time tonight, Magnus. Um, really enjoyed it. And I, I do need to listen back to the first half. I'm sure I missed some some good insights there. Yep. As, as Dale said, we've got time for, for a quick feature. Um, it's called Fiverr. It's five quick fire questions all about yourself. So if you're ready, let's make a start. Yep. Okay. Uh, question one, steak, seafood, or salad? Oh, seafood. Nice. What are the three must-have behaviors you look for in successful project teams? Oh, collaboration, to have
3: fun, and reflection.
1: Nice. What's the one piece of advice for people new to the project management profession?
3: Look for your tribe. 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 Find, find find your tribe mm-hmm. yeah, i love that one interesting mm-hmm. so you'll have to go back
1: and listen to the first half there, martin <laughs> okay <laughs> that'll teach me to be late uh number four what would be your book recommendation to our listeners oh
3: book recommendation i would say that that must be um but this is in norwegian implementation is the okay. translation so I would guess my book recommendation would be, be in any book on, on implementation, because I find that this is a necessary supplement to actually running a project, what happens afterwards. We need to know a little bit about that as well.
1: Nice. Uh, okay, final question. If you had your time again, you've, you've just finished school, would you choose an apprenticeship, university, or straight into the workplace? I would uh, choose university. Interesting. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Awesome. You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: That was a bit of fun there at the end. And thank you for being a good sport, Magnus. Look, mm-hmm. as we said, it's it's been amazing just to, you know, kick the tires with you on all sorts of things. I'm sure we could have gone down plenty more rabbit holes and found plenty more nuggets uh, mm-hmm. as, as as we went about our business there. But look, before we let you go, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with?
3: Oh, I would I would really <clears throat> really like to 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 um, enhance what we talked about with the self reflection part. Uh, it is so important that you as a project manager know yourself and are able to lead yourself because otherwise you 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 have a high risk of actually uh ending up with painful uh experiences or being worked out because you just you just uh, um, you just you just don't know when to quit and you get pushed around Uh, you need to lead yourself to be healthy and balanced because then you're also at the peak of your decision making so finding that balance through self reflection, I think that is,
0: uh, that is a key to me. Wow. Wow. What, what great words to to end on there. And we got to give a special shout out to Karen Thompson as well. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much to Karen for doing the introduction. Martin, a uh, 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 late Martin, any final thoughts from you? No, thanks a lot for
1: that, Magnus. I I really like that thing at the end there, find your tribe and uh, (laughs) knowledge isn't worth anything. If you don't know how to use it, I'll I'll definitely gonna use uh, some of those in in the future. So yeah, thanks thanks for your insights tonight.
3: Yeah. Thank you guys, it's been a pleasure.
0: It's been our pleasure. It's been our privilege, Magnus. Um, So thank you very much folks, there you have it. That's all the time we have on this episode, but remember, Before you go, please do help us pay it forward. Share a link to this episode on your favorite social media if you like what you've heard. Once again, a massive, massive thank you to our guest today, Magnus Olsen. And thank you all for listening. Till next time, we say stay safe, be disruptive, and have fun doing it. From me and Martin, it's bye for now.
2: Project Shadow supports and is a member of Zero Construct. Zero Construct is a new working group that wants to lower carbon construction. Not everyone will be aware, but construction contributes to around 12 to 15% of total carbon emissions.
0: This is a staggering amount and we need to reduce it. We are a growing community of people that want to help make this change. Everyone is welcome. Whether you're an engineer, contractor, or consultant, you just need to want to make a difference.
2: Our aim is to grow a network of experts so we can all learn from each other and make a positive impact in the places where we work. We'll do this by sharing knowledge and making it accessible in engaging ways. To join
0: us and find out more, please visit zeroconstruct.com and register as a member. Thank you, and we look forward to speaking with you soon.
2: more information blogs or to support our charities visit projectchatterpodcast.com and if you would like to sponsor the podcast get in touch via our website
0: you can also leave us a voice message via our anchor page and let us know if there's something or someone specific that you would like on the podcast views, thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the participating individuals and not necessarily to the individuals, employer, organisation, committee or other group or individual. Additionally, any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organisation, company or individual.